The bald eagle has been the national emblem of the United States since 1782. It was chosen because of its majestic appearance and the reflection of freedom and strength. Eagles can weigh as much as 17 pounds and their wingspan can measure over seven feet. That's almost scary. And they are fast. Eagles can dive up to 100 miles an hour. They build the largest nest of any North American bird. The nest can weigh more than 2,000 pounds. Join us today on our podcast to learn all about this fascinating bird with Dr. Christina Relier. Hi, and welcome to the FVCC Nature Journal, the podcast for everyone who loves nature. We are coming to you from the beautiful campus of the Flathead Valley Community College at the foot of the Swan Mountain Range of Northwest Montana. It's a spectacular mountain range. I'm John Fraley, longtime instructor in wildlife conservation here at the college, and I also served for 40 years with the Montana Fish, Wildlife, and Parks. In the Nature Journal, we focus on the critters and quirks of nature found on the FVCC campus, the wide surrounding Flathead Basin, and all across Montana. Our producer is the talented Colin Burkhart, an employee here at FVCC Library. And thanks to Morgan Ray, the library director, for offering the library as our podcast home. Well, Dr. Christina Relier, thanks a lot for coming on today. Hello, John. So you're kind of an expert on eagles. Well, you teach a lot about it in your class, and you've got a lot of great facts. And we're going to look at some local counts, and we're going to look at just a lot of great things about eagles. So... So first of all, tell us a little bit about their life history. Well, I think one of the most interesting things, John, is that a lot of people don't know that immature bald eagles actually don't have that white head and white tail mm -hmm. until they reach maturity, and that's anywhere from four to six years old before they'll actually be a mature adult. So a lot of times you see eagles with the full adult plumage of the white head, white tails, but then they'll be kind of a mottled brown looking eagle with them. And sometimes they get confused and think it's a, a golden eagle and a bald eagle. Yeah. yeah. And you know, it's and bald eagle is really not a proper name for them in a way because they're not bald, are they? They have that white head and the white tail. Tell us about that a little bit. Well, just that those are breeding signs that that individual would be ready to mate and they would be successful. Bald eagles do tend to mate for life, but if one of the pair dies, they can't accept a second mate. They can live to be up to about 30 in the wild and then in captivity, we've had eagles um, even double that lifespan um, wow. with like veterinary care in, in zoos and things oh like gosh. that. But well, I um, got to ask you about this, this weight of their nest. <laughs> I saw, I saw up to two tons yeah. in, on the, on the internet. Is that, is that accurate? And what is it, what is it? Just all kinds of branches, sticks, mud. Yeah. I, I have seen that too, that you can have up to a 4,000 pound nest. <laughs> the base of it is like big sticks and branches, but then they actually get kind of create creative and line it with some softer moss and smaller sticks and grasses actually in where they're going to lay the eggs. But a neat thing about that, John, is you want to think, where are you going to put a nest that big? Good point. <laughs> it doesn't, it's not going to just fit everywhere. Yeah, and so they've done some really neat studies here in Montana where they looked at what type of tree is holding an eagle nest. 
and they definitely prefer, you want to guess? or well, Cottonwoods and conifers. Yeah, they definitely prefer cottonwood, and for two reasons. One, cottonwoods are pretty big trees, and so they can hold that much weight, and the other one is they really like to be by water, <laughs> and so do cottonwoods. And they're really associated with fish populations because they just love to eat fish, and we'll talk about that a little later on the, the old McDonald Creek uh, yeah. situation. We used to have a kokanee, but, but tell me now, they have this two, this huge nest, and they and they have a, a number of chicks, and those chicks are so cute. If you've ever seen a picture of an eagle chick, <laughs> they are just so cute, and they've got these great big feet and, and so on, and they're the only eagle that lives only in North America, right? Right, and that makes it pretty unique for us and special. The golden eagle will also be found in South America, but you won't find a bald eagle anywhere except the North American continent. Okay. So let's talk about the numbers of eagles. As you and I were talking before the show, they've really skyrocketed. When I was 10 years old, there was just a fraction of the eagles that we have now. It's been a great American success story with the Endangered Species Act and so on. And as, as you and I have also talked about Rachel Carson. Rachel Carson wrote the book Silent Spring. Mm-hmm. And she went through all the information and wrote a, a popular book about it. She was very, very ostracized by the chemical companies who taught, because she was saying DDT is destroying our, our raptor population, particularly eagles, because it makes the eggs soft and they aren't having their chicks properly. And, and the different, like Dow and, and DuPont, they tried to say, oh, that's not right, you're wrong. And so that's really what brought about the saving, uh, saving of the American bald eagle, right? One of the things that really got it going. Yeah, that was one of the things that that time period in the late 1960s and early 70s, there was a lot of momentum for, you know, our air's not clean, our water's not clean, things, rivers are catching on fire like the Cuyahoga in Ohio. (laughs) And so what we see is Rachel Carson, she was one of the first females, she had her master's degree actually studying eels. And she was one of the first females to work with the Fish and Wildlife Service, and she was meticulous in her research. And I always tell my students that the silent spring doesn't mean it's quiet water. It means there's no birds in springtime. (laughs) That's right. And you don't hear the... Because other birds were impacted as well, but one of the reasons that the, the top of the food chain birds, like an eagle had it worse is that DDT bioaccumulates. So everything they ate, that DDT doesn't leave the body. It actually hangs out in fat cells. And so eagles would build this up and then it gets converted to something called DDE and then that caused eggshells to be thinning. Right. And Um, then, and you know, the, the, the amount of fish that eagles consume, fish are known to concentrate pollutants like mercury or PCBs and in this case DDT. And so that was a particularly kind of a, uh, Tough thing for the eagles when they're eating a lot of fish to withstand that. And, you know, the other thing about Rachel Carson is she wrote that book in 1962, and then she died. Do you remember when she died? She died before they banned DDT. Yeah, she died two years later. And there was always a lot of speculation about, I wonder if the chemical companies. (laughs) But I don't know if that's true. I don't Uh, know, Don. It's probably not true. Um, But you listed several of the reasons that they became endangered. And what do we do for recovery? Let's talk about that a little bit. Okay, well, the main thing is then when we passed the Endangered Species Act in in the end of 72, 73, we list the bald eagles, and then you can't hunt the bald eagles. They they were seen as threats to, believe it or not, livestock, Mm -hmm. and you could shoot them. Um, And so we stopped doing that. 
they we protected nest sites so during this time we also passed the clean water act and so now riparian areas where cottonwoods are growing are going to have some more protection then the water quality is getting better so fish populations are healthier we're also eagles also like to eat ducks if you've ever hung out at wayfarers you'll know that they'll come down and get some of those ducks sometimes and so they were starting to come back as well. And then we banned DDT. And even though you can still find it in the environment, and we probably have it in our tissue right now, we're not using it in the United States. Right. And, you know, we talked about the Endangered Species Act. It also triggered the formation of the Environmental Protection Agency right about the same time when that book came out. It was the 60s, in the late 60s. And the the Environmental Protection Act, uh, Endangered Species Act, actually came out in the first versions of it came out in the 60s so right the way yeah. you trace it i mean mm-hmm. carson just started the whole ball rolling i don't think there's any doubt about that what other things about the recovery well another piece is is education and we you know the low that we had john this might be hard to believe is in 1963 for the lower 48 states we only recorded 417 breeding pairs of eagles. Amazing. And we do think that there was a quarter of a million eagles, not necessarily breeding pairs, right. in the 1800s. So we went from a, from a quarter of a million to 417 nesting pairs. So now let's, let's talk about today. And you were going to quiz me. You said about some uh, states that have the highest population. So what do you got in mind there? Well, uh, how about which state would you think? Because a lot of times people think Montana would have would be yeah. really high up there. What would you guess? I would guess Alaska is number okay, one. Okay, yeah. So Alaska is going to have the most. Uh, Hawaii is the only state that doesn't, doesn't have, have any. Right. Um, but in the lower 48, who would have the most? Oh, well, let's see. Florida and Minnesota? Uh, yep, Minnesota has the most, yep. um, then Florida, and then Wisconsin, okay. and Montana, what would you guess? Oh, they're way down there, even Maybe. though we have a fair number of them. We're not, we're not up to the number of breeding pairs of, like, yeah. in Alaska or... We are, and this isn't counting, it'd be, we're 10th for the lower 48. We'd we're be 11th if we counted okay. Alaska, but Washington, Oregon... Uh, even Maryland has more than we do. <laughs> That's almost an insult. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> well, you know, that brings us to the, we want to talk about this little local situation that we had on McDonald Creek in the lower Flathead River when we had kokanee salmon. Mm-hmm. who were booming. They were booming in the, uh, in the 80s, and the, the kokanee have disappeared, and so did the eagle concentration. But it's just amazing when you look at it, and I, I actually was part of the count on the McDonald Creek. I kept track of the salmon, my crew and I. We counted, we in 1981, for example, we counted 104,000 kokanee in that two-mile stretch of McDonald Creek. It, you can't wow. even imagine it yeah. unless you're around. And then Riley McClellan and his technicians, one of them recreates, they counted the eagles. And in one day of peak count, they had 639 eagles in one day on McDonald yeah. Creek. Mm-hmm. And that's like, I mean, that's that's a pretty good proportion of the number of eagles we'd even have in Montana at that time. I mean, that's amazing, 639, all in one place. And uh, it's probably the, it, I think at the time, it was one of the biggest concentrations in the world, wasn't it, of bald eagles? Yeah, I think it was. And a, and a lot of those were migratory. So, yeah. like, they weren't going to stay around. Right. 
But yeah, that um, when those runs were happening, then yeah, you could congregate those huge numbers. And but at one point, we think in Montana there were only twelve known breeding pairs that FWP reports in 1978. That's, and that's amazing. Shocking. That and amazing. and that most of them were over here in in our area. Oh, and that reminds me, John, that the Flathead County, for anyone listening who um, lives in the Flathead, we do have the most um, nesting sites in Montana, oh. and then Lincoln County second. Well, that is awesome. And what a what an incredible bird and what an incredible success story. Yeah. Christina, thanks a lot for coming on today, and we should do another one on eagles. <laughs> <laughs> I know. We've got plenty to talk about. All right. Thanks, John. You bet. That's all the time we have for this episode of The Nature Journal. Thanks for joining us. And I'm John Fraley. I'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.